0: It is National Cereal Day, so I guess you know what you're doing for dinner if you're feeling lazy or you feel, you know, uh, overly fond of cereal and you want to celebrate. Might want to grab a bowl of your favorite cereal. We're joined now by our uh, good buddy down the hall, uh, Alan Cross from 102.1 The Edge. He's heard nightly at 6 o'clock. Also has an amazing um, blog that you should follow, A Journal of Musical Things. Alan, welcome to the program.
1: I can find a musical angle for anything, including... National Cereal Day. Hit me. Do you remember cereal box records?
0: Vaguely, yes, I do. Were they square?
1: No, no. I don't but th-
0: they were vinyl, right? Well, like they
1: were they were plasticky yeah. of some sort. The golden age of breakfast cereals, yeah. at least as I remember, would be the late sixties and early seventies. And you could go to the grocery store and find any number of boxes full of sugar that kids would go crazy for. You know, uh, Sugar Puffs, Mm -hmm. um, Fruit Loops. Fruit Loops. You know, I mean, there, there were so many of them. And there was a while where you could get a cereal box that had a record as part of the packaging, and you would have to cut it out. Oh. And you could play that on a turntable. And some of the people that were involved in these cereal box records was actually rather astounding. I remember my sister. Going absolutely crazy because she wanted some um, sugar puffs. That was with the bear, the Stoner Bear. Remember? Yeah, name? yeah, I do. Uh, because it Can contained get
0: of those. Sugar? That's Is it, it. Sugar crisp.
1: Yeah, it so- yeah. kind of sounded like Bing Crosby. Yeah. Um, she wanted this this particular cereal because the box had incorporated a Bobby Sherman record. Bobby Sherman was a big, big teen heartthrob in the late sixties, and early seventies, and he sold or he was popular enough to have his record uh, incorporated into the packaging of, of some of these boxes.
0: Fascinating.
1: And you would cut them out and you would put them on a turntable. They didn't sound very good because they weren't made with high-quality material. Some of them played at 16 and two-thirds RPM. Back then, you could get these portable record players with speeds that slow. Okay. But the number of people who actually participated in this was absolutely astounding. You know, the Jackson 5, for example... They had, uh, in the early 70s, they had an animated TV show for Saturday mornings that was sponsored by Post, creators of lots of serials. Interesting. And you could um, buy a Jackson 5 Post serial record. Um, they, they, you know, you could, for example, the, the cutouts on, on one, you could get uh, ABC, I'll Be There, Never Can Say Goodbye, wow. all in a cereal box. Uh, The Archies were also absolutely huge. I mean, these weren't single records either. They could be five-song EPs. So in 1969, uh, the Archies, boxes of, again, Super Sugar Crisp, featured uh, something called the Archies record. And you could, uh, well, there were multiple versions of it. Uh, Each had four songs, including, by the way, Sugar, their big hit. The Monkees had cereal box records in 1970 there the tv show had stopped running but it was very big in repeats saturday mornings how to get to the kids saturday mornings with breakfast cereals and the monkeys had um it was rice crinkles remember do you remember those
0: mm, i don't know if i remember were the rice crinkles. i remember honeycomb it's big yeah yeah yeah
1: yeah so they had uh there was there were three different monkeys records wow with the Monkey's theme, I'm not your stepping stone. Last train to Clarksville, I'm a believer. So,
0: not crappy B-sides. No, like, no, these were serious huge. hits. Well, what's the, what was the reasoning? I mean, was it just to get kids hooked on the band or would get you to buy the lo-fi and then you're going to go out to buy the I, hi-fi?
1: I don't know. And here's an interesting question: because how many millions of boxes of cereal are sold, especially back then? Did those. Uh, sales of those records count towards you know platinum and gold status. I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, but these things kept coming and coming and coming until at least the late 1970s. Um, I remember the Sugar Bears. The Sugar Bears again. The Stoner Bear from Sugar Crisps.
0: Can't get enough. They actually, beer.
1: they actually had. They a made for cereal. Pop band, like a fake pop band like we would have with, you know, the Gorillas today, yeah. for example. The Sugar Bears. There was Sugar Bear, Shuby Bear, Honey Bear, and get this Doobie Bear. Of course there was. <laughs> I think we know who he was. And uh, there were five different Sugar Bear records. They were available on the back of select boxes of Super Sugar Crisp. I don't know what it was with that brand. But what's really interesting, they they released an actual album. Something called Presenting the Sugar Bears. Now, do you remember Kim Carnes and Betty Davis Eyes? Yes, absolutely. Okay, she was a background vocalist on that.
0: Wow. What about the Partridge family? Did, did they get involved in it? Because they would seem like a no-brainer. But... I think
1: so, but I haven't been... Let's just look it up. Let's okay. go to the Intertrons. It's a Partridge family.
0: I want to say, and if I go back, when you asked me if I remembered records in uh, cereal boxes... You know, now looking at it, because I'm online looking at them, no way I don't remember these, but what I do remember in those vinyl square records I was talking about came out of
1: magazines. You're thinking of flexi-discs. Yes. Now, flexi-discs are still a thing, and they used to come in within the pages of magazines. Uh, and some, you know, for, mm. I have some at home, for example, from old melody makers and old NMEs, uh, and, you know, Joy Division or The Clash. Okay, The Clash, for example, the song Train in Vain. Right. Big hit from there. Um, their London Calling album. That was originally supposed to be a flexi-disc in one of the British weekly music papers, but they thought, nah, this is too good, so we're going to put it on the album instead, and it became a big hit, but it was such a late inclusion onto the original version of of London Calling that it's never listed and it wasn't listed in the credits.
0: So that's interesting because then it it really does, uh, that's where my theory that it would be a B-side that you'd be getting because you you would have got a, eh, this song was like a lukewarm reception, let's throw it out, there's a freebie, see if it connects with anybody, see if people like it in the magazine, but the cereal boxes, they're going directly for the hits because you really have to perform with the cereal box prize. You think about when you bought cereal as a kid, the first thing you would do if you were a kid like me, is you'd come home from grocery shopping, be thankful that you were finally the youngest and the other kids were at school, your arms going down the side of that right. cereal box to get the prize before anybody else can get it.
1: Right, and you'd, you'd have... Has to be
0: an A-list prize. You would
1: have one or two bowls of cereal from it and then it would just molder in the in the uh, cupboard. Yeah. right, Guys, this Sugar Bears cereal um, characters, this band that's made for cereal box music, intrigued me, so I actually pulled up a clip of it. Dude. Good. Okay. Yeah, let me uh, play a little bit for you. about right. Yeah, featuring Kim Carnes on background vocals. See if you can find this one, The Uh, Monsters Go Disco.
0: The Monsters Go Disco. I just got an email from Bev. It says, hey, Kelly, I have a serial record from Paul Revere and the Raiders. Really? Circa 1967 and 1968. Listen, if you can get Alan Cross to react with a really... We need to know more about that.
1: <laughs> I will have to look that one up. Yeah. The one we're looking for right now. Remember Count Chocola, Frankenberry, and Booberry? Of
0: course. And you know why I remember it? Because they would always say that they had these flavored marshmallows. And those flavored marshmallows, to me, as a kid, I I didn't want the cereal because they were the wrong texture. That's yes. not a marshmallow. No. You're selling me on something, and I'm not buying it.
1: H- have we found the Monsters Go Disco? Yes. Okay. Now, listen to this. This is from mm-hmm. 1979, and it's a spoken word thing. Not all these things were music. Uh, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry, they're sitting around on a very boring Saturday night, and they decide on a solution. The Monster Cereals, Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry present The Monsters Go Disco. <laughs> it's Saturday night at Monster Mansion, and our friends Count Chocula, Frankenberry, and Booberry are sitting around feeling frightfully lonely. Let's join them and see if they find a cure for their... Saturday night blues. Another Saturday night rolls around. Yes, Frankenberry. It's hard to believe that three wild and crazy guys like ourselves sit home alone. (laughs) Really, Chocula, I'm bored silly sitting here at Monster Mansion. Well, maybe it's because you're a boring, silly monster. (laughs) I beg your pardon. Oh, fellas, what are we going to do to cure our Saturday night blues? I've got the answer, Booberry. Let's go disco. Disco where? Disco's here, Disco's there! (laughs) No, no! Disco dancing! Oh yes, I can see it now! I'm so light on my feet, I'll boogie all night! I'm so handsome, all the girls will hustle with me! After we learn to disco, it's goodbye to sitting home on Saturday nights! We will be the most popular monsters in town! So what are we waiting for? Let's go disco! (laughs) Wow, good yeah. monsters to learn to disco.
0: Wow. Will they burn up the floor? When oh, it sounds
1: left? like it's gonna be a series. Well, it's it's a long story. runs about four minutes or so, right. And wow. <laughs> there were others too., uh, there was a Halloween record, um, the Honeycomb Ghost Stories record. Do you remember uh, Toucan Sam? Of course I do. Kay. Follow
0: your nose. It always knows the that, flavor of
1: fruit. Follow the snoot. That's right. The two- I didn't
0: watch a lot of TV.
1: We had, <laughs> <laughs> we had the Toucan Sam workout in 1983. Really? Yes. Remember Olivia Newton-John, the whole of physical? Of course I and do. Jane Fonda and her thing. Yeah. So wow. Toucan Sam was into that. Um, I th- there was a Musketeers record as early as the 1950s. And, oh, this just goes on and on and on. I don't know of anybody that actually collects these things. Well, but somebody, Bev has one. Well, she has one, which I guess is a collection.
0: It would be interesting to find out how much they're worth now on on the secondary market. Um, I'm Hang just, on. Yeah. I'll just have a look. Alan Cross, do a little quick Google there and find that, out what you can
1: find. What you can oh, find. Cereal box records on eBay. Yes. Yes. Okay. The uh, Archie's record, the mm-hmm. Archie's cardboard cereal box record, $9.25. Eh. Uh, vintage 70s. Oh, oh, um, this is the Vintage 70s Monster Halloween thing, $16. Bobby Sherman. There we go. Another Halloween one. Monkeys. Ah, huh? set of four. $21. Buy it now. $23. Buy it now.
0: So not really a really sound investment.
1: Well, wait a second. Hang on. What's this? Oh, um, okay. So there's a, a punk band called Less Than Jake.
0: Yes, they're, I think, 90s-ish, no? Yeah, well, yeah.
1: I uh, don't have a... It, they had a record in a cereal box in the 90s at some point. Okay. Interesting. It must be one of their own private sort of things. Hmm.
0: Well, so the investment's not really going to pay off, Bev. I don't know how much your your record is worth, but it's pretty cool that you have one. Alan, I I didn't even know these things existed, so I appreciate that's the why tie-in. I'm here,
1: Kelly. I am here for you whenever you need a musical angle to a stupid story.
0: Well, I appreciate you being here for us, and if you want to go online, I've, I've said this before, a Journal of Musical Things. It is such a great uh, blog that Alan does, and we get a lot of our ideas for the show. We rip them off sometimes uh, from some of the questions <laughs> you ask on that blog, and some of the. The, uh, conversations you start and of course you can hear alan down the road at 102.1 uh, nightly on our brother station the edge at six o'clock alan thanks so much for stopping by you're welcome always a pleasure we'll be right back it's global news radio 640 toronto